eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So now Posey ranges away and Bellinger throws it so high. There are some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys with Mark Willard and Joe Shasky on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. All right, it's another episode of Garlic Guys and Baseball. Oh, excuse me. It's another episode of Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys. I'm Joe Shasky. Mark Willard is, like the Giants announcers, on assignment uh, for a couple of days here. And so producer Sam is going to step in in his place. Sam Lubman. Sam Giants start the weekend with no game Friday night. Very random. We all are so accustomed to these Friday night games. And there's no game, but they win game on Saturday, and they win the game on Sunday. Rodon and Webb subsequently get Ws. 53 and 55. Can this team make a run? Are you believing? Well, first off, I just want to take a moment to celebrate probably one of the big, great accomplishments the Giants have done this year. The Bridge Trophy is coming back to Oracle Park, where it belongs. This is why we watch the games. This is why we play them. I cannot tell you, Shasky, I am actually very excited the Giants won the Bay Bridge Series. Big deal for me. Big deal for those who have bragging rights out there on the line uh, with any of their friends who are A's fans. I'll be honest, watching the ninth inning today with Oval on the mound, two-run lead, I was pacing back and forth in a way that really? you really. Usually it needs to be a playoff game for me to pace back and forth like that. That's that's how amped up I get for the Bay Bridge series. So I am super excited that the bridge is coming back to Oracle. I mean, grand scheme of things, sure. Maybe it's not what we want totally out of the season. But you know what, Giants fans? It's been a dismal year this year. This is a win. This is a win that you can take, hold in your arms, caress it, enjoy it. Be happy about it. It's a positive in a season that has not had a lot. So yeah, I'm happy today because, again, we Giants fans, we need wins like this. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess when the trade deadline comes and goes and you see everything that happens around the San Francisco Giants and they're in the middle of the ugliest stretch of baseball throughout the entire season, 
to have Rodon and Webb come out and pitch the way that they did, and then for timely bats to to come through. I mean, today with uh, Austin Slater getting the pinch hit in that particular sequence, and then Tony Kemp misplaying that ball. I mean, that's kind of been the bugaboo for the Giants all year is misplaying a ball. So it was nice to be on the receiving end of that. Felt like Crawford was going to give it right back to him when he booted that ball, but they ended up riding the ship. I know there was a Brebbia moment late in that game, a Duvall moment late in that game that left a lot of people uh, not feeling so hot. But well, your own moment too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Look, we're going to get to Joey Bart in a minute. I want to get on Mike Yastrzemski. He needed today. It felt like he'd been kind of stuck in the 220 zone for quite some time. Yeah, bats just haven't looked good. For him to not bust out but once but twice, that was big for Mike Yastrzemski. Oh, yeah. He's been really struggling with the bat last couple weeks. I think a little bit is just kind of snake bit by bad luck. A lot of it's just, yeah, the hits just, they aren't there. The bat, it just isn't there. So seeing him get a, a couple of home runs today, you hope that's kind of the slump buster because if the Giants, if they're going to make these next two months interesting, they need guys like him to bust out of the slump. Uh, I think Lamont Wade Jr. is another guy who's in mm. that category. Yeah. Last night, uh, in, in that first win against the A's, had that double on that home run there. That's the kind of stuff you, you want to see. If the Giants are to make any semblance of a playoff run, which I think Fangrass had him at 4% coming into today. So, you know, you're telling me there's a chance. So um, let me ask you, let's go right into it. Do you think the Giants can make any kind of run? No one thinks they're contenders for a World Series. Can they slip into one of these playoff spots, Sam? I mean, they certainly got their work cut out for them. Right now, the Padres occupy the third and final wild card spot. Uh, they're on a 90-win pace right now. So if you're thinking 90 wins is the magic number that the Giants need to achieve to lock in one of these playoff spots, they have to go 37 and 17 the rest of the way. That's a 685 winning percentage. And uh, I mean, I don't want to say it's impossible. I I guess there's a 4% chance that it could happen. (sighs) They got their work cut out for them. And so if it's going to happen, they're going to need guys to break out of these slumps. They're going to need to find ways to buckle down on defense. You can't get doubled off on a second base anymore on a pop fly, Mm -hmm. a la Luis Gonzalez. So I definitely think they have the the tools, the potential to at least make the next two months interesting. Maybe they can push the Cardinals and Phillies, make them sweat a little bit. Maybe they can play a spoiler a little bit. Uh, They only have 15 games left against the Dodgers and Padres. That will certainly help. Uh, I believe they got another 20 against the Diamondbacks and Rockies. Those are the games you got to fatten yourself up on if you want any shot to make some noise in September, which right now, just give me a noisy September and we'll go from there. Well, what about Brandon Crawford coming back? I mean, obviously I I referenced the booted ball that he had earlier today. Um, How are you feeling about Brandon Crawford right now in terms of him coming back into this lineup? It, put Estrada at second base. We know Wilmer's had a lot of run there uh, as of recent. Was it nice to see him back? Oh, definitely. And right away, on uh, early on Saturday night, I believe it was the second inning, just an absolute laser right to him at short, snagged it, threw it to belt like it was nothing. And it was just like, oh, yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. Um, I feel a lot better with him at short than I did with uh, Dixon Machado. That's for yes. sure. Um, but, good. yeah, it getting the defense – the best defensive lineup out there possible yeah, for the Giants is obviously the key. Having Belt Crawford out there, huge difference. Uh, Longoria should be coming back this week. That'll help. And I believe what it's like three games they've had Longoria, Crawford, Belt, and I guess Estrada is the fourth. Uh, the fourth component to that one together on the field at the same time. It looks like possibly by the end of this week, knock on wood, that 
we could have all four of those guys on, in the infield together again. And again, you're going to make a run. You're going to have your full complement of guys together. I mean, why not? You know, well, you reference Brandon Belt and uh, watching him today strike out. I think he went 0 for 4, I believe, today. He had a rough day today. I know it was 0 for 3 at one point, and he struck out. Batting average around 239, 238. Uh, obviously only has the eight home runs this year. Feels like a very underwhelming year for him that's been injury riddled. Um, where are you out on Brandon Belt right now? Because they're going to need, if they really want to come anywhere near above 500 this year, he has got to wake up. Yeah, it was, yeah, 0 for 4 with one strikeout today for Belt. And I think this is where I think we're tired of hearing this about Brandon Belt, but it's still true. Shasky, we all know when he gets hot, he can go nuclear and carry a team. It's just a matter of when that's going to happen with Belt. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's kind of where I get really kind of stumped on the whole can this team make a run thing because there's so many ifs and ands and buts, you know, if Brandon Bell can get hot, if Lamont Wade can use this as a springboard, if, you know, they can play a little bit better defense. There's just, when you have so many ifs stacked on top of each other like this, like what the Giants have, I mean, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer here, but I feel like putting playoff run as the expectation, I feel like that's just asking a little too much. That's why it's just, it's not fun to say this. I kind of have to take a step back and go with the, just give me two months of exciting baseball. Okay. Just give me two months. I remember 2008, the last, you know, the first four months, absolutely awful season coming off a last place finish. The mm-hmm. last two months, that's when they got Pablo in the lineup. You kind of started to see, you know, how this team can play well. Those last two months of 2008 was like, yo, hey, this team isn't awful. This is fun. I'm enjoying this again. We might be good going into 2009. And as you know, 2009 turned into 2010 and 2010 turned into 2010 through 2014. So give me two positive months here. Um, If they don't make the playoffs, that's not, I'm not going to say that's fine, but two positive months make me feel good about this team heading into 2023. Let's just, just show me positive steps. I feel like so much of May, June, July, it's been a lot of regression, a lot of negative steps. Uh, so, so let me get in there. Let me give you two guys. So one guy who's trending positive in the right direction. I feel like Camillo Duvall, um, he's kind of right at the ship. I feel really good about Camillo. I I know young player learning on the fly, almost like the quarterback position. You're going to see ups and downs. Same thing with your closer. You're not going to be lights out from day one. And so we've seen a lot of ups and downs. He's, he's hit the 14 save mark. If he can get to 20 by year's end, I think it'll be a great year for him. I really do a great year of progression. Conversely, it feels like Jock Peterson, the lemon is completely run dry. And I just, uh, I don't know what they do to solve it when it comes to Jock. He's batting under 200 over his last month or so in baseball. So where are you at on two trains going in opposite direction right now? Camilo Duvall feels like he's, I'm feeling good. And Jock Peterson feels like he's trending in the other direction. I mean, Camille Duvall is giving me kind of 2008 Brian Wilson vibes. And that's really? okay, good. We don't need to worry about the closer anymore. Okay. And, yeah, you have to get a homegrown closer. The Giants have such a tortured history of going out and finding a closer on the outside and bringing them in, you know, from Armando Benitez to Mark Melanson to every other disaster in between. Having that homegrown closer is huge. And so, yeah, I'm feeling the same good feelings that Brian Wilson gave me in 08 because, like, awesome, closer, check. Now we can move on to all the other roster spots uh, that need to be addressed. We got two good pitchers here to, yeah. to enjoy. Hopefully Rodon comes back or a pitcher of equal or greater uh, caliber. You know, we'll see how that goes in the winter. I'm very excited. Yeah. About Camille Duvall. That's the one spot. I saw him warming up in the bullpen last night. 
And uh, I went and met up with a friend of mine. He's an A's fan. And he's saying, oh, A's could make a comeback here. Sato fall in the bullpen. I said, no, they're not. You know, that's the kind of confidence that I'm getting from Camille Doval right now. I love that. Is he, is he going to be, you know, coming through on that confidence every time? Eh, probably not because he's still, he's 25 years old. He's still growing as a closer. But today, finishing off the game, throwing a couple of hundred plus mile an hour fastballs to end this today. That's, that's what I want. I want that fireballer at the back of the pen. Just come in and just be so good to where I can just look at whoever's next to me and be like, yeah, nah, game's over. What about what about Jack Peterson? He's been struggling here. He's batting under 200, hasn't had a home run in what feels like forever. Uh, I think June 25th is the last time he had a home run. Uh, it, it's it's not looking good. And for me, it's the lack of hard hit balls coming off that bat right now. He just looks like gassed out. Yeah, he just looks absolutely lost at the plate. Um, and it was nice. It was nice seeing him in the lineup yesterday, though. I will say that he seemed like he was in good spirits before the game. Uh, had a quick chat with him when he was in the dugout. Said, "Hey, nice to have you back. Hope you're feeling good. Stuff like that." But yeah, it's I don't know. Yeah, he's been he's been hitting what probably under 200 for the last forever. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, it's one of those things where if you're especially if you're going to put him at the top of the lineup like what the Giants did yesterday. He's got to produce. We need first two months of the season, Jock Peterson, to show up if we're going to see the Giants make any sort of meaningful run. So the pieces are there, whether guys, and this is, again, I get back to what I said earlier, just so many ifs. If Wade, if Crawford, if Belt, if Jock, if this, if that. And it just, it compounds on itself. And until some of these ifs get answered in the affirmative, it's hard for me to say, yeah, playoff run is possible. All right, you're listening to uh, Baseball Guys and Garlic Fries. Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys, if you will. Uh, No Mark Willard right now. He is on vacation, but he'll be back on Thursday's episode. I'm Joe Shasky. If you like what you're listening to, Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys, hit subscribe, like, you know, retweet it, follow us on all accounts, find us wherever you find podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sam Lubman filling in for Mark Willard right now. And you've got some sound from Farhan Zaidi that you wanted to play me. Is that correct, Sam? Correct. Yeah. So just this past week with the trade deadline happening, it left a lot of Giants fans kind of peeved. I was kind of in that same situation, too, where it kind of reminded me of the 2019 deadline where there wasn't a huge drive to sell, but they probably should have sold, but they didn't because they wanted to hold on to Bumgarner and Will Smith. Understandably so. They wanted the compensation picks for him. They want to give, you know, Bruce Bochy a semblance of a competitive mm-hmm. team to finish out his run. And also the Giants were really good in uh, July of 2019. So they kind of gave Farhan a reason to, you know, hey, let's maybe try and believe in these guys. That was not the case here uh, in 2022. Um you know, the team came stumbling, you know, into the trading deadline. 
And it just seemed like if, if you're going to sell, this is probably a good time to do it. The farm system, again, is not getting the respect that mm-hmm. we think it should. Whether you know people should be regarding it higher or not, I don't know. It clearly well, isn't. Let's put it this way. The Padres made probably the biggest move in a long, long time in baseball, and they gave up three of their top five prospects and a couple of guys on their major league roster, and they still had three guys in the top 100 left in their farm. Right. So that just gives you an idea of the depth of where the Padres are at. Whereas it feels like the Giants got incrementally better in terms of their depth in the farm at the trade deadline. But I would have liked them to get a haul back, especially if they're not going to re-sign Rodon. But we'll get to that in a second. So what did Farhan say? Yeah. So basically he was on the Giants Talk podcast, uh, the NBC Sports uh, Giants Talk podcast, Alex Pavlovich. And obviously he's like one thing about Farhan. He is very self-aware. He knows what's going on. And he was asked, you know, Point Blake about the the whole frustration that fans are having with stars. And this is what he had to say. I do. And we want to be careful that we don't take that and have it influence a decision in a way that hurts this franchise in the long run. Baseball is a sport where one to 26 on your roster really matters. And when you start saying, we just need a right-handed batter, we need a closer, and that's going to solve everything. You can make mistakes. And you've seen that throughout baseball history. Some of the biggest front office mistakes have happened when teams think one player is going to be the difference. Now, you know, when you're talking about somebody of the caliber of Juan Soto, he can really move the needle. And so I don't want to downplay that. But, you know, we're going to continue to be involved there. And these guys are all going to impact your bottom line. That's really what we look at. So I agree with him and what Farhan's saying here. One thing, just a quick aside, he's talking a little much for my liking. I'm going to be honest with you. And when the team's losing like this, look, it's not me. I'm telling you what the general perception is, is uh, you're a little too condescending when the team's losing. When you're winning, everything's quirky and funny. I do think he's just got to be a little careful. And I get it. He's the voice of the team right now. He's the guy who's out front. Here's what I would say. He is 100% correct. One player does not save an organization. But you got to start somewhere. So they don't want to trade away Carlos Rodon, for example. Forget Soto. They, whether they are involved or not, you don't want to trade Carlos Rodon away. You better resign him. Like, that's kind of where I'm at here. And I get it. Year five, year four might be ugly. So what? You need to piece together a rotation at some point. And then, because you're going to have about $100 million to play with that you didn't have uh, allocated, which you had allocated this year. So, Resign Rodon, give him the money. If you're going to go after Judge, fine. That's still not enough. You need to make two or three big-time moves. Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts, Trey Turner. The shortstop market is flush with players. You need to have the difficult conversation with Brandon Crawford, and you might need to say, Brandon, I might need you to play third base. I might need you to play second base. I might need you to move over so that we can re-sign or bring in, excuse me, one of these other guys. To me, it's a multi-pronged approach. The farm, but you also have to spend this offseason. I I agree there, and I'm not glad when I first saw that statement, I got a little frustrated um, because it just seemed Why? like it's more of the same. It's more of what he was saying in 2019, where, again, it was just very generic, but smart things to say. You know, we got to build the one baseball move after another. You don't want to make a deal. That's a mistake. It just it seems now like back then it made sense. And this isn't me setting up the whole I doubt Farhan thing. I am still believing in his plan because his plan overall to me, it still makes sense. 
building okay. the farm system from the ground up, giving us a steady diet of somewhat competitive teams in the in the meantime, before finally striking, going after the big players when the farm starts to bear fruit. And get that. It makes sense. It's taking a little longer than I think we would want. But I think that's the reality of just yeah. A, how far away this farm system was when he got here. And then I no one wants to, you know, give you know credit to or or give due to what 2020 did to this organization 2020 it did set them back a little bit people are saying oh well you know every other team had you know that lost year in the minors you know the dodgers and padres did why is it okay for you know the giants to get a pass but not the dodgers or padres well the dodgers and padres were much more set up to handle that shutdown in 2020 than the Giants. You know, the, the Dodgers and Padres were Gal Gadot in her mansion singing Imagine to everybody. The Giants are the essential worker who had to go to their three jobs during the pandemic and, and brave the wild world that was going on out there. The organizations, they were not on the same level. And so when I'm hearing kind of similar stuff now that he was saying back then, it frustrates me a little bit. And so I, I wrote some about this. It's going to be going up on uh, for the station tomorrow. Basically, it's at a time where Farhan, I respect your plan. I respect your commitment to the plan. Lord knows I am terrible at, you know, staying uh, committed to my plan sometimes. But Farhan, New my guy, guy Monday. Yeah, Farhan, my guy. It's time to adjust your plan a little bit. Well, so then how, what does that mean? What does adjust your plan mean? Well, I see like, again, if you want to build up through the farm system, that's fine. I understand that. That's going to take a while. But I think you got to go into this offseason and you got to, I think you have to win the offseason here. Yeah, Everyone always talks about the mythical winner of the offseason, followed by, the, of course, the inevitable, well, that doesn't mean you're going to win in the regular season. I don't care about that. This time, this winter, you need to go in and win the offseason. Well, Come out as, as the full-on, yeah. you made the most improvements. If that means you have to drop a boatload of cash to bring Aaron Judge in, that's what you do. Go out, get some guys on defense. Uh, I'll play this in a little bit, but Farhan does recognize that Farhan, sorry, Farhan does recognize that defense has to be a priority uh, coming up into this next offseason here. But yeah, it's the baseball is a game about adjustments. The, the Giants coaching staff always says, you know, wait for your pitch, go after your pitch only. But when you're down an 0 2 count, you got to adjust your approach. You got to expand your zone. You got to dig in there a little bit, maybe foul some pitches off a little bit. You know, Dodgers, Padres, they have the Giants down in 0-2 count right now. It's time for Farhan to make some adjustments at the plate and go out there and do something that will show some sort of progression here. I look at what the Padres did a couple of years ago when they brought in Eric Hosmer. Say what you will about how much they hated that deal and they finally moved off of him. But that was the kind of guy, you bring in a guy like that, he's a pillar for your organization. And then they went out and brought in Manny Machado. You know, again, not a homegrown guy coming along before a lot of their homegrown guys came up. So go out there, get some of these big name stars who can kind of act as pillars uh, for when the rest of the young guys start to come up. Because right now you're in a situation where the clock's going to start ticking on Farhan yeah. Zaidi if things do not change soon. Uh, yeah. The way the, 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 the game has changed. In 2019, the Dodgers and Padres were not where they're at right now. And if you don't make moves soon, it doesn't matter how – uh, productive the, the the farm system gets. Maybe Luciano and Bishop come up here and are absolute studs, and we're talking about how they're reinventing the game of baseball. And Kyle Harrison is, you know, Madison Bumgarner and Tim Lincecum and Matt Cain all rolled into one. That's still a few years away, and yeah. who knows where the Dodgers and Padres are going to be by then. So you got to accelerate this. I don't quite know how they do it, but it puts them in a tough position going into this offseason because you're going into an offseason where – 
you're kind of between a rock and a hard place because you got to spend the money and it's no guarantee that guys will even take your money. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And look, they're only going to have about $40 million on the books, depending on what their, you know, arbitration thing shakes out, maybe 50, maybe 55. I don't know. It depends. Cause we won't know till an arbiter kind of awards money to some of the players, but that's not a lot. They've got basically a hundred plus million coming off the books and there's nobody under contract outside of one or two guys for very little money the following year. So why not spend? Like you absolutely have to spend. You got $300 million from Oracle to put your name on that sign in front of that beautiful ballpark. You got to spend money. What's the number one rule of business? You got to spend it to make it. Again, I look at that shortstop market, Xander Bogarts, obviously Carlos Correa, Trey Turner. That is a flush market. Let's see what ends up happening with Tim Anderson. There are outfielders out there. There's third basemen. Brandon Drury is going to be available. A first baseman who might be available, Josh Bell. Like There are guys out there if you want to get creative. And to me, yes, the farm, you could stand pat. I'm here with that. But if you have an opportunity to go get Shohei Otani, that's the kind of move that is going to wake up this fan base. Sign a couple of free agents and make a splashy trade. To me, it's not a one thing, a one prong thing. It's a multi-layered attack for how you end up winning. It's like uh, trying to beat Napoleon. You can't come from one mm-hmm. side. You got to come from multiple sides. Exactly. And one last thing, I guess, before we move on here, what I mentioned kind of the anxiety this team's kind of giving me going into this offseason. One thing I really just don't want to hear. And I feel like Mm. we're starting to build that up and I'm going to get a little bit of conspiracy theory here. So let me go get my tin hat. But what I don't want to see, which is what I feel like we're seeing now is Farhan saying stuff like one player doesn't make a difference. Uh, Larry bear went on one of the other uh, stations here in the Bay area and was talking about how we will go out. We will spend money and make that big deal. If it makes sense. What I don't want to see is for the Giants to finish as a bridesmaid to Aaron Judge. And then the responses are, well, you know, that was such an unreasonable deal. We weren't going to sign him for X money and X years. we've been hearing for years. Yeah, and or, 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 or they're, they're going to be regretting that deal in seven years. I don't want to hear that. I yeah. don't want to hear the usual spiel anymore. The usual spiel is just not enough for me at this point. No, I, think so, I think you're talking for a lot of fans, Sam. I think you really are. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like this, this has got to be the greatest offseason in the history of their organization because they've never been this pressed and this up against the wall. Think of the arsenal that they have to go up against for the next couple of years. Bets. Well, who knows what happens with Trey Turner, Freeman and the Dodgers farm system and all the guys that they've got, Walker Bueller, et cetera. And then look at what the Padres have Soto. They got Machado and they got Fernando Tatis. When you look at what these competitive teams have, it really makes you have to be aggressive. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're going to be in the basement for the remainder of this decade. And that's the last thing Giants fans want to see. After you win three World Series, you were supposed to elevate yourself financially. Now you have an arsenal of money. Go out and use it. It's the one resource they have in abundance. All right. If you like what you're listening to, if you love baseball, if you love Giants baseball, rate, review, subscribe. To Garlic Fries and Baseball, guys, I'm Joe Shasky. He's Sam Lubman. Mark Willard is on assignment. And we just love talking Giants baseball. So if you like it, subscribe wherever you find podcasts. Garlic Fries and Baseball, guys. Boom. All right. Before we get on out of here, Sam, we're 53 and 55. 
they're we're about what two weeks or so removed from the all-star break. There are some guys that are up and down. Let's rat a tat tat these things. I'll take the ups. I'm gonna start with Joey Bart, a 282, 311, 521, 832 slash since coming back. Looks unbelievably confident. The defense looks great. For me, it's the hard hit balls and using the entire field. I love where Joey Bart's at. I feel like if I had to take a temperature gauge of where he is in terms of heat within that clubhouse, he feels like the hottest guy and the number one dude in that clubhouse right now. Am I wrong? Oh, no, you are in no way, shape or form wrong. I had Bart at the top of my up list as well. Uh, I was there last night and when he hit that home run, just it was one of those the second it was off the bat. You're just like, oh, I'm going to admire this absolute gem of a moonshot that he plopped it right into the treehouse out in left field. I have officially taken Joey Bart off of my worry list of oh. all the thing of all the problems the Giants I like have. That. It's a it's a sizable list. Yeah, um, he's not on it anymore. Uh, is he on my what's great about the Giants list? Eh, maybe not there yet. But I no longer worry about him. I'm no longer looking at Joey Bart thinking, oh boy, is this is this guy going to be a waste here? Uh, so he's progressing in a positive direction. Yeah, he is playing with the confidence of a guy who knows that this is his job. Uh, I think Kirk Casale being gone maybe helps with that. I'll go out on a limb and just say, you know what? I don't think it mattered where Kirk Casale was. I oh, think Joey Bart knows this is his job to lose now. He has zero desire to give it up. The defense looks great. The one complaint I have from him is it's not even his fault. Can we not bat him in the ninth spot anymore? <laughs> yeah, I'm let's with just, you. Let's just give him a shot. Let's see what happens if you put him in the sixth spot. You know, what about like, the four hole? One day. One day. One day. You, know? you see some of the lineups they're trotting out? Like, put him in the four hole. All right, before we keep going on, Joey Burgers, we're both super excited, and I'm pumped. And this could be, honestly, this could be one of the sneaky silver linings to what a lost year is. Like, find oh, yeah. someone like Joey Bart and have him find himself. Give me another guy that you think should be part of three up, three down. Give me another up. Who is trending up for you? You know, I'm going to throw the new guy in there. I'm going to throw J.D. Davis. It's only been four games, but I have a positive. He left a positive first impression. When your first thing you do in a Giants uniform is is hit an oppo taco tater off Clayton Kershaw, you're you're in good you're in good uh, you're in good graces right now. Full disclosure, Mauricio Dubon did something similar when he first faced Clayton (laughs) Kershaw and took him deep. I, I know I have to rain on the parade a little bit there, but J.D. Davis, it's, uh, it's kind of answering the, the age-old question, what if Darren Ruff was younger and can play third base? But oh. you know, maybe it's not the greatest comparison, but again, I'm liking what I I'm seeing like from the so far. Uh, he hasn't done anything to screw up yet. So, and he, he's not awful hitting against lefties. He's a career 261 hitter against lefties. Uh, the one full season he's played in his career was way back in 2019. He hit 312 against lefties. I can see why the Giants like this guy. He's young, not a great defender, but maybe oh. a useful defender. Fits right in. Pop, and yeah, he does. He does fit right in. And again, as far he's part of the, like I said on, on the morning roast a couple weeks ago, you know, Farhan, he's given us a, a steady stream of dinner rolls that keep us tidy before uh, Thanksgiving dinner. This seems like, yeah, another solid dinner roll right here. So, you know what I'm learning too also is that it feels like David VR, the experiment is kind of running its course. And unfortunately, I mean, I had high hopes for the guy, but we'll see if he gets another like extended yeah. opportunity, but I'm just, Glad we're off the yard, though. I did see a Giants fan at the game last night 
wearing an orange David VR jersey. So he is wow. catching on in some degree, in some wow. respects. Well, it feels like we're going to be off the Vossler train. You know, I mean, seeing Vossler get optioned back and forth. He's like the modern Kelby Tomlinson, where I feel like I, I've heard his name in, going up and down from the big to the AAA 8,000 times. I'm glad we're moving off of him, and I'm glad they finally found somebody. I feel, though, like somebody's going to be the odd man out at third base when Evan Longoria comes back. Who, who do you think it might be? Uh, I mean, it might not even be an infielder. I think right now Bryce Johnson could be on the outside okay. looking in when the they do who I haven't seen really make a defensive play yet. I and mean, they brought him up for defensive purposes. But you look at the outfield, he's kind of like the one guy who doesn't yeah. really belong. You look yeah. at the infield and then every guy there, it's like, yeah, I can kind of understand why you're on this team. I mean, you're not going to obviously Flores, Crawford, Estrada, Bart, you know, those guys aren't going anywhere. Uh, J.D. Davis, I mean, they just brought him in. I guess he could be the other odd man. No, I like him. Keep him. Yeah, it would make the most, as we were doing the J.D. Davis up segment right here. Yeah, I would like to see J.D. Davis stay on this team a little bit. Um, I would not be shocked if he's the odd man out. But yeah, between Johnson and J.D. Davis, I I feel like it would be Bryce Johnson, but I could be wrong. One more up, and then I'll let you start our our bads, our downs, if you will. (laughs) Three up, three down as we assess who's doing well, who's not doing well. Uh, Last one. Team MVP, Wilmer Flores. I mean, just look, watch the Giants every night. He's making a play at second that, you know, he he has a tough time throwing from second to first, but he's out there making plays, always coming through with clutch at bats. He's got four homers, eight RBIs his last 20 games. But it just feels like to me, he puts together the most consistent at bats on this team in 2022. If I had to vote, who should my Willie Mack Award winner be? I think it's going to be him. I'll be honest, I, I've I've not really been the biggest Wilmer Flores fan in his time on the Giants, but I got to give him his flowers here. He has been the guy this year. Uh, say what you will about the whole, what's it say about your team if Wilmer Flores is your MVP? You know what? Fooey on that. He's doing great lately. I got to give him his props here. Okay. I would, if in my dream Giants lineup, I would like to see him being the DH more yes. than in the field. Every time he's in the field, I always get anxiety. I always pivot to uh, back to 2020, the first game against the A's where ground ball first, he doesn't step on the bag, throws to second, and just throws the entire thing out of loop. Trevor Gott melts down. That was kind of my, you're in my doghouse now. Not his check swing in game five that everyone still will remember him for for the remainder of time. Oh, well, that's always going to be a a thing that's, you know, burns me deep, deep down inside. But I try not to think about that because I want to enjoy my day. But (laughs) <laughs> but let's, no, get, let's get to our downs, Sam. Yeah. Let's get to our downs because we could go all day about Wilmer Flores, and I'm sure we're going to talk about him on the next episode. Who I'll let you have first crack on it. Who you yeah, got so, who's not doing well right now? So my first down, and this is a heartbreaker for me, uh, and that's your mean Mercedes, who was oh. just sent down. Uh, that's why he's on the down list. Um, Production-wise, it wasn't bad. He was hitting 294 against lefties since he got here. Uh, and among players on this team with at least 50 plate appearances against lefties, that was the best on the team. I believe they brought him in here uh, specifically because they wanted to see him hit against lefties. This is another thing I wrote about for the station. I was very excited uh, when Mercedes came here. This is the guy, again, crushes lefties, hits the ball very, very far. It just seemed like one of those situations where this is... If this works, this will work really well for the Giants. It was an ultimate Farhan wildcard find, and it just seemed like all the pieces were there to make it work. Uh, I I just don't think it is working. I think part of it is because they have too many DH types uh, on this roster. He is a defensive liability. Uh, I was a little bit shocked that they played him in the field as often as they did because – 
his entire career, he's made a couple starts at catcher, one appearance at pitcher. That's about it. He is not a guy who can play in the outfield. Um, so thanks, sticking him out there, that was kind of unfair to him. Uh, him and Ruff being on the roster at the same time felt a little redundant after yeah, a while. Right-handed that. guys who can put a little bit of pop against lefties. So when they traded Ruff away, I thought, okay, good. That makes sense because now you still have Mercedes to play that role. But the Giants, they're they're switching into this. We want to have more of a defensive-minded roster, understandably so. And Mercedes, he just doesn't fit that. So I believe he's still within the organization. I think he's just going down to Sacramento, so the Giants still can hold on to him. Maybe there's a place for him in the future. I don't want them to give up on Yermin Mercedes yet because, again, the potential is just too tantalizing to ignore. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to take another down because we're running out of time here. I'm going to go with Austin Slater. Uh, he's hitting 140 the last couple of weeks. The defense has just been very suspect. He's not a center fielder. I, can we just admit it out loud? He's mm-hmm. not a center fielder. He's a corner outfielder. In, in my estimation, how many balls has he misplayed near the wall? How many times is he going to airmail a cutoff? I mean, my God, can you hit one? Now, situationally, the guy is a really nice pinch hitter. He came through again today for them in a pinch hit situation. I just feel like he is a prototype fourth outfielder uh, situational player. And I feel that like when he's out there and he gets extended run, we overexpose him, and that's not what he is. He's not an everyday player. Where are you at? Was he asked? Or uh, Slater, excuse me. No, I'm, I'm kind of in that same boat. It's been really brutal to watch him in the field lately. I mean, there was that, uh, well, it was against the Dodgers the other night. He tries to it's make horrible. that leaping catch at the wall. Can't even get his glove over the wall because it collides into the side. Honestly, I've never seen that before, and uh, I always try to enjoy things on a baseball field that I've never seen before. That one, I enjoyed it a little less. It was funny. You watch the replay. The ball goes over, and you see his glove sort of peek above the wall, which at least it made it above the wall somewhere. If it didn't make it above the wall at all, that would have been so heartbreaking. But, yeah, he's a smarter player than this, so seeing him continually – miss the cutoff guy like that you know whether it's taking a bad route to the ball or whatever it's just it's just it it, it kind of epitomizes the defensive struggles that the Giants have had this year where you know he can do better he knows he can do better he's shown that he can do better he's doing the same things but he's getting different results and I said this in the last episode with Mark that can be so frustrating no matter what you're doing let alone playing baseball you're doing the exact same thing that worked for you last year and then getting complete opposite results this year yeah yeah i'm with you on that all right who's your last i'm gonna give you one opportunity three up three down three guys who were doing well three guys who aren't doing so well who's your last guy you're taking in the bads yeah so the last guy i'm gonna put we mentioned him a little bit already and that's mike yastrzemski um it's been a such a rough year for him overall and he was such a, a pleasant surprise in 19 the team mvp in 20 uh down year average last year still had the power stroke and you hear what the Giants talk about them. They think that he is going to be around for a while. He's 31 years old. He's not old. He's still got plenty of time left on him. He's very good in the field. Uh, he was a part of that brilliant relay throw, relay play. Uh, I believe it was Wednesday night, um, where it was from, you know, got from right back to Flores to wins at the plate and textbook, you know, what you teach little leaguers uh, to do. So he's probably one of their better defensive options in the field. And you still need to see the bat. And hopefully, again, this weekend is the beginning of a turnaround because a hot Mike Yastrzemski is probably going to translate to a very hot Giants team. And a hot Giants team is going to translate to a very happy fan base. And we, we like to see a happy fan base. Uh, we all love Mike Yastrzemski for what he represents and, and, and being found out of kind of nowhere and what Farhan kind of molded him into. 
the reality is the experiment's over. If he is your starting everyday outfielder next year, they failed miserably in free agency. Like, there's no other way around it. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anyone says. Like, this is a 220 hitter. This is who he is. The league has adjusted to him. He has not been able to consistently adjust back. Big game today. Love what I saw from him. He is a prototype, better as a backup, not good enough to be an everyday outfielder type. Defensive replacement late in games. I think on, a, on the right team, you know, on the right team, maybe he could be a corner outfielder who starts with a bunch of power around him, but he cannot be the centerpiece of this team next year in the outfield. And I love the guy, but I just, it, it's so clear to me. Him, Luis Gonzalez, Austin Slater, we're saying the same thing about all these guys. Fourth outfielders, yeah. fifth outfielders. And so this is why you have to splash in free agency and get an everyday outfielder. All right. If you like what you hear, subscribe. Garlic Fries and Baseball, guys. We've got three games against the Padres. We get an up-close-and-personal look at Fernando Tatis Jr., if he comes back, Machado, but specifically Juan Soto. I'm excited for this week. Sam, thanks for joining us. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you find podcasts. Garlic Fries, Baseball, guys. Are you ready for the Padres? I'm excited to see how this is going to look. Uh, going down to Petco is always kind of frustrating because it seems like the Giants can never score there. But <laughs> you know what? Bring on the Padres. Imagine if they if they took two out of three from the Padres. Just imagine. Let's just let yourself believe that for a little little bit. That if that they happen. did that, uh, they'd be one game back of 500. So I, I'm, I'm down with that. Let's do it. All right? Thank you guys for listening. Rate, review, and subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Garlic fries and baseball, guys. Yeah.